As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by Portatree. I use Portatree products personally to help me become the best racer that I can be. From the pocket pal to a full-size national event tree, Portatree has quality products to meet our needs. Use promo code JINGLE10 to receive 10% off all orders through the month of December. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're ready to take your game to the next level, who better to lead the way than our own Luke Bogacki? Check out This Is Bracket Racing Elite today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone Is Talking About. Oh, Jed, did you hear that? It's the lead. It's what everybody's talking about. I like that. Shout out, PJ North. This is the part of the show where normally we talk about all of the, the biggest stories in sportsman drag racing, and, and we'll get to that. But to be completely honest, in this particular week, the biggest stories in sportsman drag racing are not a lot of fun. Like, I'm no. not real jacked up to talk about it. But what I am jacked up to talk about, Big Jed, you kind of like... I know you were kind of gearing up for Huntsville. I didn't realize you were planning on making a trip to Arkansas, and, and it sounds like it worked out pretty well. Tell me about your weekend. Yeah, man, we went over to the Thanksgiving weekend bracket bash uh, that uh, our good friends uh, Jeff Brotherton and Mike Moorhead put on. Of course, Brotherton of the Brodix family. So those guys wanted us to come over, and Bones and I loaded up his stacker and took the Vega and Big Red over, man. Prescott, I'm guessing you've raced there, Luke, since you're from out that way. But. 
I am a two-time Arkansas State champion, Big. <laughs> that right? What you want? It was a cool little racetrack, man. Had a great time. They had uh, twenty-five hundred on Friday and seventy-five Saturday and Sunday. About out third round of the twenty-five hundred, but got the win on Saturday. Got by uh, Adam Russell in the final. Um, turned out really good. Be a great weekend. We come home Sunday morning. It was eight-hour ride, and we had Kaysen and JJ with us. They had school Monday morning, so. We just packed it on up and left Sunday morning early, but uh, really cool time. I enjoyed Prescott Raceway a lot, and um, it was you know a lot of people out there that I haven't had the opportunity to race with, so met a lot of new faces and shook a lot of new hands. It was it was a great time. Awesome, man! I'm glad to hear that. Congratulations. Well, thank you, Bud. I appreciate it. And and I'm glad that you got the pronunciation right. I know we touched on this at one point earlier in the year, but when you look at Prescott, Arkansas, like on the map or see the city name you would assume that it is pronounced prescott yes you would when you go to prescott arkansas you realize real quickly it is not pronounced prescott no it is prescott and um it's a it's an awesome little spot in the country first time to get to race in arkansas not a lot of tracks over there as you know so i'm all in all great weekend i can tell you though if you ever any listeners or luke you ever go back over prescott way if you happen to eat at the South Fork Truck Stop, which is one of about two or three places to eat within maybe 20 or 30 minutes of there, don't get the ribeye, bro. Just um, steer clear of the truck stop ribeye because uh, she ain't good. And I ain't talking bad about the South Fork. I ain't saying nothing I didn't say to the waitress, okay? I mean, I'll let her know, <laughs> but it was rough. And I got advice from uh, from one of their customers, regulars, when I went in, asked him how's the steak. He said, it's good. Mm. He must not have known I was talking about the steak there at the <laughs> South Fork truck stop. So uh, avoid the ribeye if you go. Noted. Next time you're at uh, exit 44 in uh, in uh, Arkansas, steer <laughs> clear the ribeye. <laughs> Big Jed, the more appropriate, I guess, lead for the week. As I mentioned earlier, not a fun story. Got a lot of bad news over the weekend, like an insane, way unproportionate number of accidents, crashes over the course of the weekend at various spots in the country. And I think what's most eye-catching outside of the sheer number, like it's it's rare that we see this many accidents in, in our form of racing, but particularly when you couple it with the level of racers that were involved. Like these are guys that you, you couldn't pick a more group of more experienced, savvy competitors than this group. Rough weekend. It was, uh, you know, with social media, obviously, we hear now, Luke, you know I mean, basically, as it's happened for the dust settles, you're you're getting word of, of these uh, incidents happening on the racetrack or in the pits or wherever they happen. But, you know, as we go down the list and talk about guys like Phil Combs crashing at Bowling Green and Glenn Ferguson and Cameron Manuel crashing at Farmington and Lucas Walker crashing at Piedmont and... Um, the uh, English, uh, I, I think maybe Will English, but can't remember the first name there, crashing at Piedmont. You know, you're, you're thinking Thanksgiving weekend, a little cool, and maybe uh, that led to some incidents. But I don't know. As I see these guys posting on social media, I don't think anybody's really saying they were in terrible, terrible conditions. Maybe just some um, bad luck with not perfect conditions caused a lot of it but looks like all of them are going to be safe and okay and and get through it all right easy for me to say but 
very unfortunate to to see it and read about it, and especially some of those guys on that list I'm pretty close to. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's easy to throw stones from the sideline and say that it was too cold to race, or the tracks were no good, or the drivers made a mistake. But that I'm not in the business of speculating. Like I wasn't there for any of this stuff. And I've talked just like you've talked to a few of these guys, and I'm just telling you the overall takeaway, at least for me, is I don't care who you are or how many times you've been down a racetrack or how good of equipment you have, like the possibility that this stuff happens exists. And that is way more apparent today than it was a week ago because you take Phil Combs, Glenn Ferguson, Cameron Manuel, Lucas Walker. Those guys are former world champions. They've been down seemingly every racetrack in the country, won all kinds of big events, made thousands of runs. Like no one is immune to this stuff. No, no, they aren't. It it can happen to anyone that is again, just like you said, it's proof. Uh, That was, that's a lot of experience. And a, a lot of accomplishment in that list of racers that you named off and just does go to show you it can happen to anyone. Everybody needs to take extra precaution, make sure you're prepared for whatever could happen to you when you go down the racetrack. Yeah, I don't want to sound completely redundant or repetitive, but anything that you can do to to make sure that your your cars are as prepared as possible, and and obviously we we had a, a big discussion about this a few weeks ago, but keep your safety equipment up to date, wear it. This stuff it seems more apparent now than than ever. Anything that you can do to minimize injury or potentially save your life, man. You, you're kind of foolish not to do it. I, I know just from talking with people, like I saw some of these you know, replay videos and, and they looked horrendous, but the, from all the word that I've gotten, Cameron Manuel's accident was potentially like the scariest thing that a lot of people had ever seen that, that I had talked yeah. about. There. It sounded horrendous. And, and I, I talked with Cameron this morning, just via text. I know he's got a broken arm, uh, at least one broken finger. He's still in the hospital. sounds like he'll go home Thursday, long run. He's going to be fine. In fact, he had, uh, I think uh, he had, the doctors had told him like full recovery was six months or so, and he kind of joked with him, "Well, I got to be back at the track in three. So good to hear <laughs> that he's in good spirits yeah. and and, and going to recover from this. But man, that's it's it's scary stuff. No other way to put it. Yeah, and uh, definitely hate talking about those things, but uh, definitely keeping each and every one of those guys in our thoughts and prayers and hoping for the best results possible. And, and I know they're all fighters and will get back quickly. Without question. Let's move on to brighter topics. Let's uh, let's talk about who's hot. He's on fire. It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Sabre Performance, Who's Hot. Sabre Performance specializes in performance engine building for every aspect of sportsman drag racing. Bracket racing, NHRA sportsman categories, heads-up categories, nitrous, turbo, and blower. Learn more at SabrePerformance.com. Luke, this who's hot driver is always hot, okay? This guy crushes them on a local scene, and when he gets out and travels, he does quite well. But I'm not sure he's accomplished anything like he did this weekend. Yeah, this is impressive, and this seems to be coming a, a trend, which I think is really cool. But uh, I, I love it. Yeah, I know you do. This week's Who's Hot goes to Rick Bear. Most of you are familiar with Rick, Slick Rick. Tennessee transplant, Ohio native, one of recognized as one of the perennial best 
bottom ball racers in the country. But as you mentioned, I don't know that he accomplished the feat that he accomplished Friday night at Bowling Green before. Bowling Green's Thanksgiving event, three $10,000 win races, all typically top bulb competition. Rick rolled through that and won the 10 grander Friday night, turning it loose on the bottom. Yeah, Rick, one of obviously, <laughs> like you said, one of the best bottom bulb racers around in the country. And he's a former world champion on the bottom in the IHRA. And he run the, the 10 grander, which was, my understanding, well over 300 entries. Now, they did separate no box and top uh, for a little while, maybe till no box got to the semis. But he had to go through a few rounds of, of top cars to get that 10K victory, which was super impressive. You know, it's not a surprise, really, because Rick is that good, but uh, it's still a very difficult challenge. So kudos to him. Congratulations for being Seabrook Performance Who's Hot. There were some great performances outside of what Slick Rick did. Blake Richardson was uh, at Prescott where I was, and he wrecked the field, won a couple of no E races and top race on Sunday for 7,500. Uh, got him three wins over the weekend. Johnny Ezel with a runner-up and a win in Abilene. Brandon and Andy Small, the Small brothers, and Chris Northup uh, run amok on Vegas for their Thanksgiving race. And uh, last week, had we not done the anniversary show, we would have mentioned Michael Pascal, which is coming off a 20K win in the door car race at Piedmont. Uh, Michael's had a great year and has remained hot as well. So some honorable mentions there, but uh, top dog this week goes to Slick Rick Bear. Yeah, we talked a little bit, what was it, a month or so ago, Chris Moran did something similar out at Richmond, yes. uh, getting the wind, plowing through that field off the bottom. We watched Justin Lamb do it, talked to him about it at the Spring Fling Vegas. He came up one round short, ended up runner-up, but man, what an impressive show he put on. And we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but we're going to end our 2017 podcast season our last episode of the year will be kind of a year in review and we're going to ask for some input from listeners and one of the poll questions is what was the most impressive single event performance of the year and there's lots of good nominees for that we got double ups on the national event level we got people that just ran over you know certain events throughout the season hey, basically take any event that nick hastings or brad floyd won and that's certainly a contender <laughs> But I think all of those are deserving of being on the ballot. I don't know how you differentiate one from another, but man, that is so impressive to go into a field of big dollar event today with the, the parity and, and the, the level of competition that there is and not have the advantage of a delay box and come out on top is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I agree. It just it shows a lot of confidence in yourself to even show up and attempt it and then to actually pull it off. Uh, that was really impressive. Blake Richardson was uh, was honorable mention, and he nearly accomplished that at uh, Prescott on Friday as uh, they had a deal where you buy a weekend pass, a weekend gambler's pass. If you buy that, you paid a little extra money to enter no E. If you won no E, you get the opportunity to go into that following round of Super Pro and compete for the Super Pro person. Uh, Blake bought the gambler's pass and won no E and went into the next round and made it a couple of rounds into the semis, almost pulled off that same thing. So these bottom ball guys are getting after the top ball guys just shows they've got great equipment, great confidence, and a tremendous ability. And I'm enjoying seeing it, Luke. 
Good stuff. Congrats to Slick Rick. Up next, we are going to be joined by recently crowned NHRA Super Comp World Champion, now two-time NHRA World Champion, the one, the only, Austin Williams. Jed, I think we should make him the big interview. You want to make him the big interview? I think we should make him the big interview. Let's make Austin Williams to this week's big interview. It's time for the big interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, guys, as promised, it's time for the big interview, and we are joined by a 26-time NHRA event champion, both on the national and divisional level, a six-time NHRA All-Star, a seven-time Division Four champ, the 2014 Stock Eliminator World Champion in NHRA, and your new 2017 NHRA Super Comp Champion. Great to have Austin Williams on the line. Austin, thanks for joining us, bud. Hey, Jed. How's it going? It's really, really good and great to have you on the show. We appreciate you taking some time to be with us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, uh, when you list all the numbers out like that, it make it sound like more than what I think it is. So I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I, I don't I, think I, I got like, it all. We need to put that together for everybody because I'm telling you right now, Austin, when he said that, like I've known you your whole life and I thought, damn. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. That's why you're on the show. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I'm just a, just a kid from Burleson, so anything I can do out there and on the racetrack beside another person is more the merrier. Yeah, well, it's, uh, we, it's an honor to have you on the show. I mean, obviously, first and foremost, congrats, man. The 2017 championship, not only – is special to you, obviously, with the runner-up in 16 and coming back in 17 and getting it. But for quite a while, that seemed very uh, unlikely. And then you just went nuts in the back half. So so congrats on a great season. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's like a, I've been – my little moniker that I've been saying is not too bad for a door car guy, right, to win Super Cup. I just – somehow something clicked sometime in May. I ran off a nice string in May, and then, you know, I had a I had a good weekend in Topeka in July, and that was pretty much that set it going forth. So it's really cool to get it done, and I'm glad to able to have a different class, right, to the one in 2014. Sure. So uh, we'll see we'll see where it goes from there. Well, obviously, you've got a laundry list of accomplishments and accolades. This is your second NHRA World Championship. You've had multiple second-place finishes. Uh, don't mean to put any salt in any wounds that might not have healed yet, but performed extremely well. Seven division titles, et cetera. Where does this 2017 Supercomp World Championship rank on your list, Austin? It's pretty far up there just based on, you know, this is 10 years in the making. At the end of 2007, I was racing a blue 69 Camaro with pink stripes going 730s in the eighth mile. <laughs> and, you know, I was fortunate I was fortunate enough to, to be able to land into a dragster via a, a race, like an end-of-year prize, if you will, at a local racetrack around here. And, you know, we threw a small motor in it, went 158 mile an hour in Super Cup, which is very slow. Even 10 years ago, that was slow. Yep. And so I've really worked hard in the Super Cup class to be able to like I said, I'm a door car guy. So to be able to race the dragster, apply the math, change combinations, and work your way up, I think losing the one in 2016 makes the one in 2017 that much sweeter. Just because, you know what, it, it wasn't my time in 2016. In 2017, it was my time. So 
I'm really, really glad that I was able to knock that down and, and make it all come together for one full year. And now we can move on to the next one. Cool. Austin, we talked a little bit a couple episodes ago about your, your kind of finish to a dream season with the trip to Pomona. Obviously, you make the trip out there for the banquet, and you and I talked about this in advance, and it's almost cheaper to drive out there and get the opportunity to race than it is to fly out just for the banquet. That's what you elected to do. Go run the world finals. And in addition to collecting the big Wally on Monday, just to add another one while you're there with the stock limiter win Sunday at Pomona, walk us through that trip a little bit. And just, I guess, how surreal that all had to be coming together. Yeah. I mean, in 2014, we flew out, got there like Friday, toured LA, was sick of LA probably in about a day. And we caught the red eye back, and I told myself, I was like, if you ever win one of these again, I'd like to drive out, race at Pomona. You know, I think that's one of those tracks that everybody needs to experience. It's really, really cool, especially the World Finals. I've never been there for the Winter Nationals, obviously, but the World Finals, it's a really, really cool atmosphere. The facility itself, I think it's cool. It leads somewhat to be desired, I think, in the terms of uh, the roughest pit road of all time. You know, I decided to drive out there. I have 17 vacation days at work. I had two left by the time I decided to make this this trip, and that's a that's a week long trip. So I was able to take a laptop from work and work from the road. And me and Dad drove out. Mom flew out the Thursday night. I think I was done Friday in the dragster, right? So then I was just down to the stalker, which the stalker I've been, for lack of a better term, absolutely terrible most of the year. And so to be able to end the year with that win was really, really cool. What sucks is California takes state tax out of your paycheck. So I did not get the full $1,500 that you normally get for winning stock eliminator at an event. They took state tax out. (laughs) Wow, I've never heard that. (laughs) Uh, Nor have I. Yeah, it definitely happened. So, But, you know, I guess it comes out on the watch when you do your taxes at the end of the year. So whatever. I was in on Sunday, which that was the coolest part, right? So Jeff Atkinson goes red to me on Saturday. So Saturday night, I get to play good. Like, you're going into Sunday at Pomona at the World Finals. Like, that's just really cool. And fortunately, I was able to finish off Sunday. But that's not even the coolest thing that happened. I'm telling you, I was way more excited when Bo Butner's win mic came on in the final round of Pro Stock than I was for any of mine at Pomona. Like, that yeah. was just one of the most awesome things and something that I will remember and that in itself made the trip worth it. I mean, I'm sure y'all saw it on TV and on Facebook and, and the different clips and, you know, pictures. And it was one of the neatest scenes that I've ever seen in my life. Especially for us, because I think we look at anybody that comes up through the Sportsman Rakes, but specifically Bo, is, is one of us. So, yeah, I think we all take a little bit of extra pride in that. And it was. It was a heck of a scene. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome. So um, then we just did the did the banquet on Monday. and. You know, Luke, that's kind of an all-day thing, and you just get to to revel in that. Me and Dad got in the truck 12.30 that night after dropping Mom off at the airport, and we got home at 1.30 Texas time, and we were at work on Wednesday. So, Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was round trip, I think, 2,775 miles, something like that. So we got after it on that on that all-day Tuesday. But uh, you know what? I got I to gotta be at work on Wednesday, so we made it back, and we went to work. Oh my goodness. You mentioned it earlier. And and again, I don't want to completely relive 2016 because I've been there. I know how much that hurt. But just as a reminder to our listeners, like that, you, you led the season long points 
all year, basically, seemingly, certainly from what July on, looked like as sure a bet as there was to, to capture the Super Comp World Championship last year. And I guess it wasn't the last day of the season, but on the last day that either of you could earn points, or the last weekend at least, you had to go X number of rounds at, at the Texas Motorplex to basically lock out Nick Folk from winning the World Championship. Lost a round or two short of doing that. But at that point, Nick had to win his last event at Reynolds, Georgia in order to pass you, and he did just that. Obviously, a kick in the gut, for lack of a better term. But going through yeah. that, like now looking back, did that provide, I don't know if motivation is the right word, or do you feel like going through that last year made you better or more equipped this year? I don't know if it made it any or made me race better or focus more or anything, but I I know for a fact that it made this one that much cooler, right? Mm-hmm. So the way I like to see 2016 is I got off to a really really good start. I runnered up the first two divisionals, and then I think I had I think I took the lead at Topeka, and then it I had it until until that last day, right? That that Nick took it. I like to tell everybody that I lost the world to the Trump wagon. I can't think of the guy's name, but it's the the silver like '67 Chevy two wagon in Division Three. Robert E. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> so he whooped my butt at St. Louis. I think I was like low twenty something on the trees. Take ten to be eighty nine nine at St. Louis mm-hmm. as I'm earning points, like third round. But at the same time, I as like I tell everybody, I said there's not a single round that I can point to that I lost a world championship because anytime you lost, you go to 14 events a year, you're going to lose a lot of them. And so you could have made a different decision at each and every one of those. So there's not a particular one. I, the, the biggest deal is I did not, I did not add points from August on that I should have or September and October on. So 2016, it did suck. I'm not going to lie. But once Nick passed me, I was just hoping to hold on to second for five grand because as Luke knows, third, you get nothing. So, I don't know. I just, 2016 really just set me up for, for 2017. I changed everything out from 16 to 17. Motor, converter, carburetor. The only thing that stayed on there was the electric stop. And, yes, I still run an electric stop. And that's 890 but, uh, at 184? Is that how fast you've been? Somewhere in that range? Yeah, it runs 184 in good air. But as in the worst air that I've run, it, it's been like 181. Um, par power, just sponsor plug right there. I don't know if focus was the the better word or determined or I don't know. Towards the end, I was thinking if I finish second again, I'm selling the dragster and I'm getting like a super stopper, something to do wheelies, something at least have some kind of fun. You know? so, I don't know. It, it just 16 really just helped me relish in the fact that we got it done in 17. Well, Austin, you talked a little bit ago about how crucial a couple of events were that kind of set you up to make your run, and and Noble was one of those. Walk us through the race. I mean, that race ultimately determined the championship, and your Supercomp win there was very important in your points chase. Tell us a little bit about that event. I 20 them to death, as I like to put. For some reason, I couldn't. I crushed it in time trials. I think I was like, Oh, every run in time trials. I might have been oh first round, right? But I was just stuck in the twenties come Sunday. And I don't really know why. And it's one of those deals where, you know, you don't want to roll it out, but you know, everything seemed to be clicking, right? So I mean the wind lights are coming on, why change anything? I knew that I had to get to the semis. 
And any person who's in the points that says, oh, I don't know what I have to do, they're lying. They know exactly what they have to do. And so I just I went up there. Uh, hell, I think I almost timed out on a couple of rounds. It was like one of those deals where I'm bumping like normal, but shoot, the freaking stage light won't come on. And so, um, I don't know. We just, I've had incredible success at Noble and, you know, I just, I lost first round probably in the soccer and that just made me angry enough to hopefully keep it going and, and super comp. And then my mom's over on the hill and she'd come over after every round and say whatnot, you know, you got this person next and blah, blah, but she wouldn't come up to the starting line, which is very rare for her. But, uh, I was next to her, her on the hill for a yeah. couple of those rounds, Austin. She was a mess. You did not want her on the starting line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's better that way, right? So that's the one thing I wish you could see in racing, right? Is your your family's reaction. That's mm-hmm. the one part as a driver I think sucks, right? Because you don't get to see the immediate reaction. I mean, you can see video and whatnot, but it's not like real live type deal. I don't know. Noble was really, really cool, and I, I knew I had a good shot after that. I really wanted to push it over 700 at Dallas the next week. I wasn't able to do that, but but you know what? It was enough, and that I was able to hold on. So I'm you, sure I just talked in a complete circle, but uh, that's all right. You, you alluded to the idea that Thunder Valley Raceway Park and Noble has been good to you. No facility in the world has been better to anyone than Heartland Park Topeka has been to you. <laughs> On an earlier episode, back when, right after you won the national event there in May, I believe, we spent the better part of the episode, I think, kind of singing your praises. And I did my best to explain why I feel like you're so dominant at that facility. But I'm curious to hear your explanation. Why Topeka? Why why has everything seemed to fall into place for you there? I've been asked this question a couple times, and it's hard to really quantify something like that because... Obviously, there's there's a lot of luck involved. You got to run the right people at the right time, but you also have to make a good run. So, there's a few factors I think that play into my kind of mindset, right? So at Topeka, I love a facility where the tree is really close to you. And at Topeka, the tree is really close to you. And I don't know why it shouldn't make a difference. I just seem to see it a little bit better. And Luke's been to Topeka. He knows how far the stands are away from the facility. So you don't get that kind of national event feel because everything is so far away from you. So in my opinion, it almost makes it like your your Kennedale or your Saturday night bracket race where you're just going up there, you're staging, and you're going to the end. So there's a few things like that that I think help me mentally now, as far as driving, you cannot be afraid to hold some at Topeka because it can get slow at any time at all. And Topeka also has a very, very weird time of day where it'll get fast at dusk. And a lot of people don't catch that, but that's another thing that once you've been at dusk and you've been able to experience that at Topeka, then you're ready for it. And so I think that's why a lot of people do good at certain places is because They've made laps there at certain times of the day that they know what the facility is going to do. And so that's just a few things that I think helped me. Obviously, my parents helped me a ton because at Topeka, I have them like what I like to call wind watch. And I'll usually just pick out a flag that I can see from the starting line. And I'll tell them, watch that particular flag. I need to know what about what it's doing. And usually mom or dad is really good at that. And they'll be lean in and be like, it looks like it's so-and-so 
much, you know. So, I mean, it really is a team effort for us as a whole. But at Topeka, it comes into effect really, really bad. So, just a few things like that. And obviously, Topeka is a really nice facility. I think comfortability-wise, like I never get mad about my parking spot because I always show up late to every race. And so, maybe that's just part of the full mindset. And obviously, I like going there now. So, I think that just helps helps that even more. So. Yeah, it's funny I'm how success like, tends to breed success. Yeah, if I could qualify it anyway, that's that's how I would try and explain why I've been able to have success there. Makes sense to me. You mentioned it earlier. I think it's it's such a neat atmosphere the Monday after Pomona to be a part of the banquet, and it's something that once if you've been there, you'd never forget it. But for whatever reason, like. Unless you're there, you don't really experience it. Like, that never seems to get broadcast anywhere. It's even hard to find, like, the championship speeches after the fact, or I feel like it is. It doesn't seem like that stuff's as available as it should be. So, this year's banquet, like, anything notable? Like, obviously, it's a special night in general, but was there anything that stood out to you? You know, I can't really... It was at a different facility than the the one in 14 that I went to, this one was down in Hollywood, which was really cool because the Justice League premiere was going on literally right below us. And that premiere was huge, right? So so that was pretty cool. But, you know, this year you had your, what I really think is cool is, is Jag shows up to the Sportsman Banquet, or he's been the two years that I have, mm-hmm. which that's really cool. He doesn't have to go. He chooses to go. Bo and Randy Lynn and a lot of their crew came because they're still Sportsman racers. But other than that, I think for the most part, it's really, it's like you said, it's hard to explain unless you go through it. I got to sit at the table with David Rampey. How cool is that? Um, very. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. I think at the Sportsman Banquet, Peter Bionda sat at my table. So, you know, I'm set for life. I got an Alabama one, a New Yorker, <laughs> mixed along with a Texan. You know, I mean, it, it's really hard to put into words because they re- I think NHRA released the videos on Facebook um, that they played at the banquet. And um, they really do a good job with those. And just the fact that you get to share the stage with, with, I guess it's seven, eight other people now. Is it 10? I think there's 10 total classes now. Or nine. Heck, I don't know since they added top tracks and top sportsmen. But you would never get to share the stage with those guys and listen, listen to their stories. Like Lynn Ellison talking about his dad being a barber. And how he really got started racing because his dad had national dragster in a barber shop. Like, I would never hear that story anywhere else. So... Those kind of things, I think, are really, really cool and, and something that I won't ever forget. Yeah, that's very cool. Austin, you, you're coming off your second NHRA World Championship, a wildly successful season. But as it has wound down, I know you're thinking about 2018. So what's next? More the same or are you changing the game up a little bit next year? I'm planning on doing more of the same. That being said... I would love to get some some more big money bracket races. And as Jed puts out every time that I text him or something, he's like, you never come to my race. Your races are always on top of something. But you know what? The World Super Sound is not on top of Chicago this year. So there's a chance. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Really nice. Yeah. So I've really, other than, you know, I'm going to run my six and my eight. I still have a a full-time job that has 17 Vacation day, so I, I have to pick and choose my battles there. But, you know, I'm going to run my normal schedule. I probably won't sneak off to anywhere other. I don't think I'll sneak off, like, national life. I may go to Denver. I think that'd be cool. Run it. It's like running it with a spark plug wire off at sea level. So I'd really like to hit up some big money break rates because I think that scene has really exploded in the last 
three or four years because you got like the foot break for or uh what they call it the big foot big race. foot 40s yeah we talked about that earlier yeah that thing is going to be huge i don't know if he's taking a pre-entry or not but i google mapped it like it's 14 hours from my house so it's at least on the radar because i mean what foot breaker is going to be able to to run for 40k and i'm a foot breaker i'm not i mean i i hit the top bowl but i'm a foot breaker it's way more fun Top bolt's too stressful. I don't like waiting for one to come on. I like to watch those suckers come on and then hit it. And <laughs> get a two-ball warning. <laughs> I yeah, like right. that, it's too. Like somebody from Kennedale used to always say, and I think Lucas told this story before, that they would leave off the second ball because you never know when that first one's coming on. You know when that second one's coming on. That was old man Richardson. He told me that in the staging lanes one day. I was, yes, I was, exactly. I was probably 10, 11 years old. And at that point, just soaking up everything that I could soak in and I'd peek in everybody's race car and see how much delay they were running. And at that time, everybody had like 1000 or 1020. And I look in old man Richardson's Vega and he's got like 485. And you remember how intimidating a man old man Richardson was like a big gruff dude. Oh, yeah. And so it probably took me two months to work up the gumption to say a word to him. But finally, I, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Richardson, I got to ask you a question. I've been looking around at all these cars, and they all got way more in the delay box than you've got. How do you run so little? And he just looked at me and said, boy, they're all doing it wrong. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, they, they all let go on that top ball. But you know what? You don't ever know when that top one's going to come on. I let go on that middle ball. <laughs> sure. <yeah. laughs> I think my favorite line of the year, I mean, this is just completely off topic, but my favorite line of the year was Bones at Memphis. when I think he red-lit in the All-State Final. He, I think he said something along the lines of, I let go on time, the tree was late coming on or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of his favorites. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Austin, we appreciate you joining us. Great insight and a great perspective and really enjoyed hearing about your your wonderful season. But you're a podcast listener, so you know that our interviews end with a little rapid fire. And we're going to throw five questions. We're going to throw five questions at you, maybe racing related, maybe not, just for you to give us your, your quick answer to. So you ready for that? You up for it? Yeah, spoiler alert, I do drive around with the radio on. I'm not Dan Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does is not possible. Yeah, did you did that thought ever cross your mind driving through New Mexico on your way home? I think I'll just turn the radio no, off and be alone with my thoughts for a while. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I'd rather listen to the same song over and over again than be alone with my thoughts. That's a scary thought. And me and you both. All right, Austin. <laughs> What is your dream matchup on the track? My dream matchup. Anybody you uh, can pair with. Oh, my God. Probably my mother. I don't think I've ever raced her. How cool is that? That's a great answer. I can't believe you've never raced. What is the, the funniest prank that's ever been played on you or that you have played on anyone else? Oh, oh this is, I've got to go into a long story. Well, we got time. And I hope he hears this part. <laughs> so one that it was kind of played on me, I just took it to the next level. But there's an app on your phone where you can get a fake phone number and text people from that fake phone number. And I I was committed. 
So I got the app, and I sent Slate Cummings a text that said, Welcome, or thank you for subscribing to Cat Facts. You will get your daily dose of Cat Facts. And I had to research these, and I sent him at least three or four Cat Facts a day for a month. <laughs> Did he these never ever out a response? Yeah, there was some profanity sent, and it was one of those where I would say, I sent something like, to unsubscribe, text stop. And he'd text stop, and I'd send, like, command not recognized. <laughs> and so I think he ended, I ended up telling him a couple months later. I'm not sure if he ever really got me back for it, so I've got that coming. And if anything, yeah. y'all know Slate goes over the top for everything. So there's no telling what's about to come my way. Yeah, not only does he go over the top, I can promise you that he doesn't forget anything. So it's coming. Oh, yeah. yeah, good luck. <laughs> All right. What is Austin Williams' perfect vacation spot? Perfect vacation spot. Probably Hawaii on the beach somewhere. Okay. I know that's a really lame answer, but I don't know. You've never been to Hawaii? To it's yeah. Awesome. yeah, it's one of the most awesome places on earth. So probably Hawaii on the beach. Uh, I got a good one for you. I've been dreaming this up. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be and why? It's probably, oh, God, almighty, this one's hard. It's so weird. So I've never, random fact about me, I've never had a pet in my life. So me as an animal, probably something lazy that likes food. So probably like a a house dog or something, like a English bulldog. (laughs) Something that sleeps and flowers and and snores. That's probably what I'm going to be. He just gave you the opportunity to be any animal in the world. (laughs) You chose a house dog. Yeah, like an English bulldog. I, this is not my interview, but I had I was set up for this, and I want somebody to ask me this. I would be a cheetah. I mean, a guy my size to just be able to turn into a cheetah and just get out there and run just because you can, just outrun everything. How awesome! Yeah, you're also the guy. You're also the guy that doesn't like tattoos and would be covered in spots. <laughs> well, that's I'd, a fair point. I'd run them off. <laughs> I'd deal with it. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Austin. Last one. What is your favorite hobby outside of racing? Probably watching any sort of college sport, right? So college football is is winding down, and college basketball is winding up. And thank God my Aggies actually look like they have a decent team this year. As I know, Luke is a huge college basketball fan. Yeah, resident um, college basketball expert. You're right. You've you've got a good team on your hands down there in College Station. Yeah, I think they're they're long, and pretty athletic, and can really shoot the ball. We finally have a point guard. Didn't have one of those last year, so and did not rub salt in the wound yet. But college football is probably a sore subject for you right now. Mm, yeah, it hurts right now, but oh yeah, I figured y'all <laughs> probably talked about that earlier. And my college basketball team had to play three on five against Minnesota I for the last ten hey, minutes of the game. Outscored them, and they looked good. Outscored them for that last ten minutes. That's <laughs> pretty impressive. Yeah. And so um, that's probably probably it. I mean, I'm right. I'm at the age where all my friends are getting married, so I guess going to weddings is a hobby because I'll be doing that during PRI. So mm. that's pretty cool. I wish I could say that sounds fun. No, I just wish yeah, I could say I was at the age where most of my friends were getting married. Good, <laughs> 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 oh, Austin. Thanks a lot for spending some time to join us this evening, man. It's great sitting down talking with you. Uh, congrats again on a magical 2017 season, and we wish you all the best going forward. Oh, thank you, sir, and I, I appreciate you having me on. Um, 
I would like to say one little blurb. I don't know if y'all talked about it, but the Anita Board situation in Australia, like that really, that really hits home with a lot of us. Because I know like Luke and myself started in the junior dragsters and for something like that to happen to such a, such an innocent person, I really, really hate that. And I wish them all the best. And I hope that, that the whole nation and especially that Western Perth, yeah. Perth part of Australia can really get over that and, and continue racing again. Because I think that's the only way that everyone can really heal. So, very well said. And, yeah, uh, very well said. That's tragedy at the highest level, my friend. And I'm, I'm glad you took a minute to mention it. We had not talked about it on the show, so thank you for that. And uh, Luke and I both have uh, a child, so couldn't imagine sending my child down the track or, or whatever and that happening, whether he's young or old. So um, very, very serious tragedy, and uh, thank you for taking some Time to bring that up on the show. It did need discussing. Yes, sir. Not a problem. All right, Austin. Well, good luck in 2018, man. Thanks again for sitting down with us, and um, we hope to see you soon. Yes, sir. Y'all take care. Big Jed, I am really proud and really excited to announce that NHRA and IHRA world champion and longtime This Is Bracket Racing Elite member, Kevin Brannon, has officially joined Team Elite to work alongside me as a full-time instructor. Most of you know Kevin as an ultra-successful racer in a lot of forms of racing. He's been a longtime member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite, and as the group has grown, he is the natural choice to join us as an instructor. Kevin is a good communicator with the heart of a teacher, and I'm confident that he'll add great value to our community, and I'm super excited to work alongside him as we team to take This Is Bracket Racing Elite to the next level. If you are interested in working alongside Kevin and myself to explore your potential behind the wheel, This Is Bracket Racing Elite may well be the place for you. Check us out at thisisbracketracing.com. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. For most racers around the country, we are approaching the off-season. What better way to use the off-season to get ready for 2018 than to have a regular practice regimen? Porta tree products make great gifts for racers. If you are assembling that wish list this holiday season, make sure to put Porta tree on the list. From full-size trees to the practice tree that we personally use and recommend, the Eliminator Next-Gen Touchscreen Practice Tree. Porta tree has all of the practice equipment that you'll need. For more information, call Portatree at 1-800-541-7613 and mention promo code JINGLE10, which will give the holder 10% off through December. Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land. Then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all in Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's What's on Tap!
All right, Luke. So the What's on Tap segment is new for us now After as we roll into season two of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. And we felt it important to add this to the show. And it's going to give us an opportunity to talk about things that are coming up in our world, you know, upcoming events, whether it be the next weekend or weekends after that, some new releases or announcements or details from the events that uh, advertise on the show. But it's going to give us an opportunity to let the listener know really just what's on tap, what's coming up in our world. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Look forward to sharing that with the listeners as we move forward with uh, season two. Yeah, basically our way to, to preview the big events, the stuff that we'll probably be talking about on the next episode of the episode following. And as you mentioned, a, an opportunity to keep listeners abreast of what's going on as far as announcements and deadlines and pre-entries announcements and things like that for yeah. some, of the, some of the bigger dollar events. We'll also use this uh, forum typically to, to make show announcements as well, and we've got one of those this week. As I kind of teased earlier, our last show of 2017, which is, we're not going to take a huge winter break. We'll probably take a little winter break. This isn't like coming up next weekend, but the last show that we record this year will be a, a best of 2017. And obviously we want some listener interaction for that. We're going to poll you guys. We're wanting to know some things like the best individual performance of 2017 at a particular event, like we talked about earlier. What was your favorite event of 2017? Whether it was a big, you know, nationwide event, an NHRA event, or or, or uh, maybe a little bit lesser known bracket race in your neck of the woods, whatever the case may be. What was the best story of 2017? Obviously, we tried to touch on as many of those as we could, but and there was some good ones. There was some memorable stuff went down in the last calendar year. Yeah, I wish we could have skipped that. <laughs> Hashing out my best story, most embarrassing. I actually had a friend call me today that uh, said, I don't think I heard this story, but uh, tell me all about it. So I had to had to go through that again, but... Should we also link big Jim. We, we need more <laughs> should listeners. Have, should have. <laughs> we'll also talk about the. We'll we'll name the 2017 Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Driver of the Year. Yeah. Going to let our listeners chime in on that. And uh, if you got some other ideas, some things we should include, certainly reach out to us via social media and and try to help us come up with some more ideas for best of show. Luke, I got to tell you, I, I feel kind of big time having a best of show being being a part of something that's going to have a best of show to, to play to the listeners i i don't know maybe maybe getting ahead of myself here but I, I feel like a really big deal right now well i mean outside of like telling people what was the best of how big a part of it are we really going to beat kid yeah good point. <laughs> you know what i mean you gotta you gotta take it in perspective there it's funny i really thought you know we'll go ahead and, and include this what's on tap segment of the episode but and there ain't going to be much going on it's nearly december but there is one huge event in your neck of the woods that is coming up this weekend i'm sure we'll touch on it next weekend's coming to the 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 capital it seems like a big dollar bracket racing in, in 2017 anyway huntsville dragway yeah home of guaranteed purse it's the huntsville mvp nationals luke it was uh, scheduled for the week uh, prior to thanksgiving weather challenges really just made it not look very possible so they moved it to this following weekend december 1st through the 3rd it's a 10 50 and 10 the entry fee if you pre-enter is 350 dollars. if you wait till you get to the gate it's 400 they've got a 350 car max doesn't look like they're quite going to get there but they're going to have a really good crowd 250 plus for sure and i'm sure there'll be some gate entries you know it's 10,000 on friday and sunday 50,000 on saturday so 
it's a heck of a way for somebody in their season and that money's going to be paid because Huntsville Dragway is the home of the guaranteed purse. So if you guys can get out there to it, you need to do so. I'm assuming Big Red will be in attendance. Yes, sir. Big Red will be there with two shots. Bam. Looking forward to it. And then we've just been inundated over the last couple of weeks. And granted, we didn't really have a show um, last week as far as, as news and events. But, man, the, it seems like every race that is announced for 2018 is just getting insane traction. This is the this seems yes. to be the golden age of the big dollar bracket race, Big Jed. Uh, I, we actually considered Kyle Riley and AJ Ash, the guys at F- SFG Promotions, for this week's Who's Hot? And it could have been last week's Who's Hot. Those guys announced or, or basically rolled out three events for 2018. And these races are, are open to registration. Participants fill out the form. Then they're asked to send a deposit by a deadline. If not sent, they go to an alternate list or they go to an alternate list from the registration mm-hmm. to fill those events. But these aren't small events. Like they're not looking for 100 or 200 cars. Like I think the minimum on these is 400. Yeah, they've got some uh, 400, 450, 500 car races, and they, I mean, it's like jamming the internet up. It's just like a traffic, the yeah, Thanks, traffic jam on the internet, yeah. <laughs> trying, Kyle, to, AJ, trying to get in these things. You guys broke the internet again. They've yeah, rolled out three big events uh, so far for 2018, all of which sold out, like, I think within hours. Really, really yeah. impressive. Uh, and, and we'll talk at some point about the pre-entry format in general and how that's kind of taken over the landscape and, and how a decade ago we would have laughed at any pre-entry event. Like that just didn't work. And now it's it's the norm. So, But that's another topic for another episode. Kudos to those guys. And, and how cool is it to just look out at the landscape and see it littered with all of these 50, 100 thousand dollar to win events all throughout the country seemingly all season long and all of them just filling up left and right like there is genuine interest in this stuff like i say if i don't know and this is another discussion for another day if this is the greatest thing for the future of our sport but right now if you're in our position and have the opportunity to compete at this level this is the golden age of big dollar bracket racing like if you had told us 10, 15 years ago that we would have the opportunity to stage and win that type of money on a fairly regular basis. Like that was absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, you're talking pay your house off money with, with possibly winning some of these, uh, you know, one day at one of these events. So it's crazy what we're racing for these days. It's crazy how fast these races are filling up. But, you know, it's when you limit the field, there's a strong desire for people to be a part of it. And they're showing that maybe it's the model of the future. Again, I'm with you. I I put on races that have a pre-entry. So, you know, I get I understand why you do it, but we've never seen it done at this level. And there's something to these closed field races, which uh, you definitely are well aware of uh, how to make something like that work. and. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy what uh, what's happening in our sport right now. You know, then you talk about uh, the American race at Dragway 42. You know that that uh, Jacob Elrod and the Bruises and and uh, Travis Colangelo, those guys are teaming up to put on a, a, a big event there at Dragway 42, 320s, and Sold they're out. pre-entry. Yeah, they're pre-entry. <laughs> 
went nuts and sold out. And it's their first go around. So, mm-hmm. and we've talked yeah. about the races that that Britt and Galen are putting on at Memphis with the Great American Race and the 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 Dream Team Challenge. You know that those will be huge events that will be, be well attended. There'll be a lot of fun. Everybody will be talking about them. And we've talked on on this topic now for what six seven minutes, and we haven't even gotten to the flings. Three huge yeah. spring fling events, just like this year, spring fling, fall fling. I mean, there's just so many great options. Yeah, with the announcements of Spring Fling Million going to triple 30s instead of 20s, and you've got the million itself guaranteeing $200,000 regardless of car count. That was a huge announcement. Of course, Galat's going to be a great race again. And the Fall Fling, you know, uh, Kyle and Peter told us before we left there uh, as a group, all of us racers, that they're going to cap that field. It's going to be somewhere in this 375, 380 range when they put it out for pre-entry and that's going to fill up super duper fast. That's a, an amazing event. So, and Luke, this is a very small sampling of what is going to be available to the sportsman bracket racer next year. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we saw the announcement for Michael Beard's uh, and, and Anthony Walton's Bigfoot 40 granders, 40 grand on the bottom foot break race. He's three of those. Yes. Yeah. Kevin Pollard's money tree race was always 10 granders. You always touted it as the best deal in, in bracket racing. He's yep, still is. Just everywhere you look, whatever your flavor, bottom ball, top ball, middle ball, if you want to, like in any corner of the country, seemingly this stuff is blowing up. It, I, I hate to just keep repeating myself, but if you're a big dollar bracket racer, like it's never been this good. And I don't, I said for years that this many events at this level was not sustainable. And I'm starting to rethink that. Like, I I don't know what this is going to look like five years from now, but man, take advantage of it right now. If you're into this stuff, wow, the opportunities are seemingly endless. It's got a little feel of we're outdoing one another, and that's scary. Mm -hmm. We're all smart enough to know that's scary water to, to get in, but... You know, speaking of waters, you're going to have Danny Waters Jr. and Wesley Washington that they're doing their thing, too, and going to have some great events. Um, so, I mean, it is a little bit scary, and people are going to have to be careful with their finances and be smart. But it's proven to be a great business model so far for the promoters, and the racers are enjoying it. So maybe it's a perfect storm. We're all going to just see it continue. But 2018 is going to be very interesting. We'll be talking about a lot of huge money winners and a sportsman drag racing podcast yeah i think we just talked ourselves into a, a future segment of the show like we we really need to uh sit down with probably be joined by someone outside of us and, and someone that's got some additional experience and some additional knowledge and, and maybe some background just going back more than the last you know decade or so sure. as to what this is all gonna come to like what the future of this brings because it can't just keep building like this i don't think but me either I, i've been proven wrong for a few years now so but that's another topic for another day all right luke we talked about adding segments to the show uh, this is not a new segment but it's one we hadn't spent as much time as we want to spend on it and we, we're going to try to do this in season two a, with a little more regularity our hashtag racing answers segment where we have a question submitted by a listener that uh, might help their racing program and someone else's so uh, let's talk a little bit about the question this week 
Yeah, and uh, as Jed mentioned, if you have a question that's burning the top of your mind, just uh, present it to us on Facebook, on Twitter, hashtag it, hashtag Racing Answers. This segment is presented by thisisbracketracing.com. And this week's question comes from a listener named Jeremy Jacobs. Jeremy says, hi, Jed and Luke. I'm sure this idea has been raised already. Have you thought about the segment? Yes, we do. Hashtag Racing Answers. <laughs> His question basically <laughs> is tech tips or ideas to look at if your car is not being consistent. I know this can be quite a topic, but maybe something more novice bracket racers like myself could learn from. Love the podcast and listen to it each week. Thank you. Jed, do you have anything that you want to tee up here? Or do you want me to go full uh, This is thisisbracketracing.com on this one? Well, there's so many different ways you could take a question like that, Luke. But I would say for a novice bracket racer you know you want to pay attention mostly to the vitals of the the car you know it's all about getting a routine getting your temperature very consistent when you're racing getting your burnouts if you do burn out consistent your staging process consistent so i think having spent some time with you i know that that you start teaching at that level first about routine so i think your routine and the consistency within your own routine will lead to consistency on your race car. But definitely so many ways you could answer a question like that. Yeah, without question. I think a lot of us are guilty of looking for answers and overlooking the things that are completely within our control. Like you said, making sure that your constant temperatures, that your routine in general, your burnout, your staging process is as regimented as possible and to go one step further than that like something that we talk about on this is bracket racing and, and within this is bracket racing elite in today's world of technology may sound like a bit of an antiquated way to look at it because at least on my cars like i have data acquisition I've, I've got more stuff to look at than we ever had 20 years ago not that everyone has that but but with all of that in mind what tells the best story of what's going on with your race car is that little ticket that they print out for us after every single run down the racetrack. Times. And when you're fighting consistency issue, I try to pinpoint like what increment on the racetrack that the issue seems to be stemming from. Like, is my car consistent to 60 foot? Yes. Okay. What is it doing between 60 and 330? If it's good there, is my inconsistency from 330 to the eighth mile, which for most of our listeners is the finish line. And within that, kind of pinpointing where your struggles are, obviously, if it's in the first 60 foot of the racetrack on a bracket competition, wide open competition, you're typically looking at a traction issue. If you're in super comp or super gas, like there's way too much that goes on between the first 60 foot to pinpoint it to that. But bracket racing, like usually, it, that's a traction issue. If you're good to 60 foot and your car is moving around unpredictably between 60 foot and 330, just ask yourself, what happens between the 60 foot clock and the 330 foot clock? Like the converter comes to full lockout and, and a power glide application, the car shifts. So something in there, like it's not happy. So I don't know if you need a different converter, like odds are you're just outside of the preferred RPM range of your motor where it would be at the most, at its most efficient point. And sometimes you can manipulate that by moving the shift around. And then if you've got a good car from the starting line to half track to 330, but you're seeing variances from there on, that's almost always fuel related. Like specifically a gas combination, like if it moves a lot with the air, it's too rich. If you just get odd 
back half incrementals that don't make any sense, particularly if you see mile an hour fluctuating around, that's usually a sign that you're lean. So that in a nutshell, and I know maybe that's oversimplifying it, but that's what I look at. Like at each increment, where is this, the problem occurring? Where is the inconsistency come from? And when you know that, then it's just a simple matter of asking yourself, okay, well, what is my car doing during that span of time that I'm on the racetrack and kind of diagnose from that? Yeah. And Jeremy, it's hard to get all of that data that you need to make your car the best it can be and you without practice. And that's what those test and tunes are for. Go to your local track, test and tune. Don't just get out there and make as many runs as you can. Try to simulate the the race, you know, make a run every 40 minutes or whatever you're doing at your local track on a Saturday night. And, you know, maybe run it 20 degrees warmer, 20 degrees cooler, Try to find its happy zone where it likes to be ran. And and certainly if you have someone that can go, well, you have them record you making two or three runs. See if you're doing the same thing every time. Maybe you'll see some inconsistencies in your routine that will help you uh, improve your racing operation. So uh, I know that was a lot of advice, but just do that in little bits and pieces and you're going to get where you want to be. How about that, Big Jed? We got hashtag racing answers in. I love that, Luke. That was a great segment. This is a little bit of an inside joke because, like, that particular question has been at the bottom of our show rundown on seemingly every (laughs) Sportsman Drag Racing podcast for, like, the last two months. And we're always like, we've gone for an hour and 15 minutes. It's long enough. We're going to cut it off. We got hashtag racing answers in today. I feel good about it. It was a good show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. And hopefully, Jeremy, that helps you. Thank you for submitting the question. And hopefully it helps someone else too. And guys, keep those questions coming. We may not get them all on the show, but we'll get as many as we can. And we again, we hope to do it with more regularity. So that wraps up, Luke. It, it wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. Uh, definitely want to say thanks to our sponsors, Porta Tree, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. I want to say thanks to PJ North for the drops. Got some new drops that we're putting out there on this show that uh, hopefully everybody enjoys austin williams is a great guest want to thank austin for joining us and uh, we want you guys to tell us what you think of the show make sure to message us on the sportsman drag racing podcast facebook page or you can uh, hit us up on twitter luke is at luke bogacki b-o-g-a-c-k-i and i am at jp11x Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Footbreaking in anything. Today's podcast is presented in part by Portatree. I use Portatree products personally to help me become the best racer that I can be. From the pocket pal to a full-size national event tree, Portatree has quality products to meet our needs. Portatree products are the perfect gift for the racer in your family. Use promo code JINGLE10 and receive 10% off all Portatree products, all Portatree orders. Let's just start that one over. Man, I was doing so good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light. Oh, no. I don't. I didn't get is. I said id. Id. No. See, if this is going to be done, if we got to do just lay this out there every week, it's got to be perfect. That's a good point. You were really bringing the energy to start, too. I was, man. I was, I was really digging the new intro. <laughs> <sighs> All right. You ready to start it again? For most racers around the country, we are approaching the off-season. 
what better way to use the offseason to ready for 2018 than to have a regular practice regimen. Portatree products make great gifts for racers. If you are assembling that wish list this holiday season, make sure to put Portatree. Ah, shoot. I'm doing this on my phone and I jacked it up. Couldn't read it. I lost it. I touched the screen and shouldn't have. My bad. That wasn't going very well anyway. Redo. I'm doing it. I do it on my phone. I need better glasses, I think. I'm sucking at this. Oh, my God. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.